This is the Alpaca Podcast for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Hi, Steve here, and welcome to the podcast for Alpaca people. Great to see you again. And today I wanted to talk to you about how we decide about breeding, about which animals to breed with which ones. And it's a big decision. There's a science to it, but there's also an art to it. And maybe it's just complicated. Let's have a think about what we can see when we look at the alpacas. It's interesting looking around the colour of the girls. Hey, steady now. <laughs> too little food, too many heads all trying to get in the same bucket. Um, looking around the range of colours that we've got. And just think about breeding and choosing suitable mates. And there's a, a number of factors that you take into account. The bloodline is the first thing. Are they too closely related? That's the big no-no. So we're trying to make sure we know who's related to who and which bloodlines um, they, they're coming from. And then it's a question of uh, body. So we're looking at the structure, confirmation of the, of the animal, the, the leg at every corner as they talk about for horses, but something that's, that's appropriate, something that's gonna be um, big enough bone really to take the weight what about for breeding females? Are they suitable size? I've got some that are really tiny, small. I'm not sure why they haven't developed, but that's obviously partly genetics. And I mean, some of them are significantly different in size. And some that I'm thinking I won't use them for breeding. They're just going to be too small. It's going to cause complications, I would imagine. So you've got confirmation. You're looking at the body, the shape of the head, the fleece coverage is a big factor. What's the fleece production like? What's it? terms of density, fineness, and you're taking the different factors from the female and from the male, and you get some that seem to dominate, is that the word? Hmm, maybe. It's, they come to the fore, so uh, until last career, Amelia, for example, she'd only ever had male career, so last one was a female, but before that, for years, it's only ever been males. I'm not quite sure what that is. <laughs> Is that anything to do with anything or just, you know, you've always got a chance that it's going to be male or female, got 50-50 chance. So maybe it's tipped slightly in one direction so she produces more males. And then you've got the, the mixture of the confirmation and then the fleece, and then you've got colour in there as well, but we'll come to that in a minute. So the main thing then is the, is the fleece, the, the, the older darker ones we've got tend to be less developed because they were when we acquired them so they've been slower to improve and to, to develop the white ones had more uh, better quality fleece and therefore that's continued through um, the geese are, are wandering around they're doing a bit of grazing near the, the thing here they got disturbed by the alpacas who are heading out some of them are heading out having had their breakfast so, colour is only one small factor at the end of the line, really, and you're never quite sure what's going to come. The whites tend to predominate, but last 
Korea season, we had a lot of fawns, light fawns, um, a lot of fawn on the on the head, ears, um, less on the body. But we had a, a little string of those. Um, partly that's the males that we were using, but I don't know. Is it the, the position of the moon? Uh, there are so many unknown factors. And really what you need to be clearer about what's more likely to happen is to have volume, have numbers, have things that you can um, point to. So keep your records, know what's going on. But they're only one a year, so it, it takes a long time. And if you're going to do... Obviously, the females, you're only going to get one a, one a year um, that's, that's going to come through, so you, you can only judge her one once a year. The male, if you use the same male on a number of females, you can get a, a spread and get an idea, but it's... It's not a, it's, what is it? Is it a science? Well, yeah, it's got science in it. Is it an art? Yeah, it's probably more of an art. But the biggest thing really is the volume and being able to work through uh, decisions that you can make. Um, some of them are limiting factors, so you can't use some of the males because they're related to the female. So that's, I just, you're not gonna go there. Um, and then you're either bringing a male in or you're using um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a balancing act then between the different factors. So the first line is bloodline. The first thing is bloodline. The second thing is then going to be, what are you adding? What is, what is the feature of that female, that male? What are the thing, things that you're trying to add? Is it more density onto fineness or is it the other way around? Which, which way does that work? Uh, can you add density onto fineness, or can you add fineness onto density? Uh, and it just, just does take time, numbers of generations, and also numbers of records that you've got, which you can point back to. So breeding decisions are not straightforward, and sometimes you've got little choice, and therefore you work with what you've got. Um, but if you're going to move forward, if you're going to add real quality then you need some, some good quality blood coming in, either from females or from males. And uh, the question is, do you need your own stud? Hmm. Generally, I would say no, particularly for, for small numbers. You don't need the complication of that. But you've got a little bit of leeway with the males before you run into problems where future generations... You, we've got one female now. We can only use one male on because of the, the connections. And... Uh, I'm not sure whether we've got any of this coming round that might be blocked and therefore we can't actually use any of our males. Uh, so over time, it becomes more limited. I and mean, we've got a good spread of bloodlines. Uh, deliberately, when we started, we, we did that and we've added some others in. So that's helpful, but it's an ongoing process. You've got to keep doing that. You've got to keep bringing in new males uh, and some new blood if you're going to carry on doing that. Um, no point in producing just for the sake of it. No point in having another alpaca just to have another alpaca. Um, so what are, you, what are you going for? And then focus on that and work towards that. Some people have gone for colour, so they, they've major on the black animals and they've produced some amazing results with that. A lot of people are looking at greys at the moment and thinking that they, I mean, they, are, they are really beautiful, aren't they? Um, but also there's a smaller grouping of grey animals in the show ring 
even with the discussions about what's a modern grey and what's what's grey. But it, that's an, an ongoing thing. That, so people are looking for places to, to shine and therefore the colours are working through. So there's a lot more depth in terms of quality in all of the colours now, whereas it used to be when we started uh, 14 years ago, it was much more that the whites were the developed ones and the, the darker ones weren't. That's no longer the case. Um, still the case that you, <laughs> you're going to go for, for top quality, you're going to pay top dollar. So you need to decide what it's for, where you're going. And we're not just producing another alpaca for the sake of it, but we're actually trying to move the herd forward. We're trying to move things for our herd, but also nationally. So there are some animals you just don't use for breeding because they're, they're okay, nothing major, major. Some of them are not okay and they don't, they just shouldn't be in the breeding program. And some are okay, but they're actually not gonna add that much and therefore you wouldn't use them. And you're just trying to, to balance all of these different factors in making your decision. So it starts as a paper exercise. You're getting the bloodlines out, you're getting the uh, family trees out and you're looking and seeing what's there. Um, going back and looking at the fleece that you harvested, if you've still got any uh, samples and things from, from last year and previous years, if you've got something you can compare what's, what's happening, because as well as the instant, this is the newborn, this is the amazing fleece that it looks like, what, what does that look like in six months or nine months or a year? And then two years, you know, how does the fleece develop over time? Some of them look great to start with, but they don't really last in terms of fineness, in terms of, of what you thought you had at the beginning. So you're looking for animals that have good coverage. You're looking for animals that will produce good density. So fleece is the product, and therefore you're looking for good production of fleece. And fineness, yes, but not to the extreme. Uh, that gets, you know, we've, we've done that bit, I think. Pushed, pushed, pushed on the fineness. And I guess there's still places to go with that but there's a mid-range somewhere that's that's good very fine very good quality fleece that can be used for all kinds of things and that's probably where most of us live um, with animals of, of in the middle kind of range um, as they get older the fleece doesn't grow as much and it tends to become a little bit coarser uh, some more than others some quicker than others so those are all factors but how do you know today <laughs> when you're buying animals or when you're choosing which animals to mate with which, then how do you know? Well, the only thing then is the records. And some of that is going back on the bloodlines, looking at what's, what's in the bloodline. And maybe you, there's quite a bit of research to be done, look, looking back, seeing who's been um, at the shows and what's been going on with that. And that's, that's a useful dimension, but also looking at your records that you keep of animals of fleece, what's your perception of this particular one? Is it good for fleece, good volume, good density? So a lot of fleece, good coverage, and you're looking to increase each generation. Um, and there's a whole bunch of stuff of, of getting into the more technical stuff and uh, breeding values and stuff, which I'll come back to when I can get back to my office. <laughs> and have the information in front of me rather than sitting in the field with the alpacas looking at colours and looking at, at different animals and saying, okay, this is that one, this is that cross. And, you know, do you stick with a, a mating to see what happens next time? To see what happens next time? You know, how, how much can you do that when you're a small owner that's only got three or four 
alpacas, uh, females that, that, you know, you just haven't got the volume to, to draw on there. So some of that is going to be whatever happens. It's the, the random nature of genetics and just it'll be what it is. But we can have some involvement and make some choices. But as I say, in smaller groups, we are more limited. But if you're going to take it seriously, then you need to do the research, talk to people, go to seminars, read about it and get as much information as you can to feed into the decision-making process when you're deciding who's, who's going to be mated with who for this next season. And uh, here we're getting to that sort of stage because it's, where are we now? Mid-month. Mid <laughs> the grass is starting to grow a bit, but it's not quite time yet. Another, another, another bit and then we've got shearing and yeah. But it's definitely worth thinking about the matings and and even if you're not mating and and growing herds yourself look at the ones you've got just have a, a look and see what are the characteristics what's the confirmation like the the body build and what are the, the features that you'd say that's that's a good thing or that's not so good and it could be to do with legs it could be to do with mind you fleece can confuse that because it looks like this leg isn't straight but it's actually the fleece that's pressed down when they cush uh, the legs are perfectly straight when you shear them, but uh, yeah. So there's that. You know, the, are the are the the hogs coming together? Uh, how do they walk? If you stand behind them and watch them walk away from you, how are they? What's the move? What's the gait, as it were? Uh, all of those things. You know, plus plus plus. You want all the pluses to be added to do another load of pluses and and to build on that to grow the the depth of your your genetics really. But it's not easy to know <laughs> you can't guarantee anything because uh, you've got some factors that are linked and some that, that are not and you've got things that you think would be obvious I mean as I've said before the whitest career we've ever had born was to the darkest brown we've got and that's just mm, surprise so you've got the genetics the phenotype is how they look the genotype is what's underneath in terms of genetics and the phenotype doesn't always tell you everything so there might be some colour, there might be some white in, in, a, in a darker animal. Um, just depends on the cross. So there you go. And then also the other factor I think probably just to be aware of is the blue-eyed deaf factor. So you, you get a white spot and it's a recessive gene. You get two white spots. Uh, sometimes you don't know they've got a white spot until you get a baby that's born, a career that's born with blue eyes and, and deafness. So we want to avoid that and uh, generally my advice would be not to use uh, an animal with white spot to breed because we're just adding something extra in negative really in, into the mix. Uh, but as I say sometimes you don't know until later so there you go. And hopefully that makes some sense. If you've got any thoughts actually about colour and about breeding and about how to make the choices then why not drop me a line steve at alpacatribe.com and let me know what you think. Okay, have a good day. Go to spend some time with an alpaca. Now you've got some colours to look at and confirmation and, and fleece, etc. So go spend some time with an alpaca if you can. Have a good day. Take care. Bye for now.
This is the Alpaca Tribe, and I'm Steve Hetherington. Have a great day.